When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply going to welcome to the program a man who I've got a lot of respect for, posts some very good things on social media, he's got a very good sports brain on him, not afraid to have an opinion, I don't always agree with everything that he says or everything that he writes about and I'm sure he doesn't always agree with what I have to say on things but that's what makes the world go around but at the end of the day hopefully there is a mutual respect. Well known probably to some of our slightly older audience, not that old I'm saying, I'm saying sort of maybe 30, 40 plus because it wasn't that long ago when he had a segment on Television 3 known as Dobbo's Plays of the Week. Howard Dobson is my guest. Dobbo, good evening. Welcome. How are you? Good, mate. How are you, Watto? Oh, yeah, yeah, good, good. You must. That must be quite hard to... Oh, I can't imagine that you disagree with anything I say. I can't believe anybody disagrees with <laughs> things that I say, mate. How can you disagree with me? How can I be wrong, Dobbo? But if we're all vanilla, it wouldn't be that exciting, would it? <laughs> no, it wouldn't. How, how's your day been anyway? Look, oh, I'm thinking of people, especially in Auckland, you know, uh, Hamilton's had quite a bit of rain, but nothing like Auckland's had. So heart goes out to all those families, particularly those red stickets. So, yeah, I just uh, just astonished like everybody with all the weather patterns. But um, wonderful seeing stories of supporting that um, with Dave Vitelli and you know, the old brown butter bean doing such marvellous work with Michael Jones and I know Ronnie Clark and a few of those all the ex-all backs all mucking in to help with food and bits and pieces. So just, yeah, heart goes out to a lot of the Aucklanders who are really suffering at the moment. Mm-hmm. Okay, Doa, let's kick things off because a lot of big names are pulling out of the NRL Indigenous game set for Rotorua. And I guess what's even more disappointing about this, only 11,000 tickets sold. Uh, I mean, as you said earlier when we were discussing this, the Chiefs struggled to get a crowd in Rotorua. So why did the NRL think it would be any different here? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, obviously the indigenous nature, when you think of Māori Dum and indigenous New Zealand and uh, Rotorua, um, with all its beautiful cultural heritage and they have massive kapahaka shows over the years as, as other venues in New Zealand, I mean, it, it at face value fits the bill, but I'm just surprised that only 11,000 tickets sold at this, this farm. You know, we've had a number of uh, us of a Solomon has just been bitten by a dog, so he can't come. And then Ponga, all these guys that, uh, you know, some big names, Josh Edo-Cars pulled out the fastest wheels in rugby league. And, and then Latrell Mitchell and his Canberra mate play fight at, what, four o'clock in the morning and suddenly there's an incident and the police are called in. And for a minute there, I thought they weren't coming either, but he has arrived in New Zealand. So... Ah, I don't know. Maybe it's a big risk for the Aussies to do something outside of Australia in this world that we live in. But come on, Rosaroa, eleven thousand Indigenous game. This is you know, this is the next best thing to having a Test match or, or the Warriors playing in town. They've got to support it. Yeah, and that is the thing about the NRL, isn't it? Whether the Warriors are performing or not, one thing they've done well, and it's almost. You know, for us, it's the sort of the English Premier League equivalent. When you have the Tigers turn up or the Canberra Raiders turn up, there are always stars in those teams that I think are worth the price of entry to go and watch. And this is one of those rare opportunities to have high level and high quality of superstars playing and in an area which maybe, I don't know, but I just automatically think of Rotorua 
as being very rugby league orientated. I mean, you know, strong Māori population, Pacifica community uh, get behind it. Māori traditionally get behind rugby league probably more so than, you know, other ethnicities, and yet it just doesn't seem to work. Yeah, well, not so long ago, uh, Rotorua hosted the Māori basketball champs where they had over 300 teams, 2,500 competitors. So a massive, massive event uh, that went five days from your teeny tots right up to your octogenarian. So, mate, they, they can do it. Uh, I just... Uh, I just... I can't put my hand on it because if the Chiefs... If the Chiefs struggle to get crowds there, um, the fact that they haven't been back for a few years is testament to sort of no trust. <laughs> the NRL have gone out on a branch, but to say, well, look, here, this is an opportunity for Rotorua. 11,000, you've just got to do better than that, irrespective of who's playing. And... But Latrell Mitchell's worth the price of admission. You never know what he's going to do in the game. Flippy might kiss a referee and hold the game up for 10 minutes. We just don't know. But there's enough There's enough excitement about this uh, product and this event. And this. And we don't want it to be a one-off. We want to have State of Origin New Zealand. We want to have the Indigenous game in New Zealand. You know, we want we want to see more test matches in New Zealand. We've got to, we've got to prove that by getting bums on seats for what hopefully won't be a one-off and never happens again. Can I ask you this though, Dobbo? Is there room now in sport to have these uh, weeks where we celebrate a particular culture or a particular group of people? Um, have we not moved past that? Do we still need to break down barriers here? Uh, no, I, I think we're not past it because let's be let's be honest. Um, the white fellas may have dominated this game back in the sixties when you had you know unlimited play the balls. Um, I think is it is it somewhere between sixty and 65% uh, of the NRL roster is Polynesian, Māori, Indigenous. Yeah, so yeah, it, it, it's, it's, I, think, I think we need to embrace it. Yeah, I, I, OK, but my, my thing is I find it a little bit hypocritical because it was predominantly the Pacific Island players who didn't want to acknowledge, didn't want to wear the rainbow-coloured jersey and recognise the gay and lesbian, transgender, queer community. Is there not... I mean, why is it okay to celebrate some aspects of society? To, 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 why is it okay for some, you know, to celebrate some aspects but not others? Surely, if we're going to, if we're going to, you can't have one and not the other. Oh, I disagree on this, Wada. I mean, you've got sexual preference versus blood. Your sexual preference can change; your blood can't. Uh, and not everybody embraces themselves. I mean, I remember the whole Adam. No, no, but what we try, but, 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 Dobbo, what we are we trying to do is break down. We're trying to get everybody to, to everybody to be treated equal, aren't we? We're looking for equity. That's what it's ultimately all yeah. about: treating people the same. Yeah. So we want to make sure that Polynesian people are recognised and honoured for what they do. Maori, uh, Aboriginal, the whole lot. But there are another aspect of society, which is that LGBTQ. we're happy. We're happy to say, okay, you can pick and choose that one. Well, why don't they ch- throw the H in and the and the LBG H for heterosexual? You know that's the one. Well, yeah, but but, but, Dave, but, 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 but Dobbo, we could go back and say, well, why don't we? But why don't we have a European All Stars team? I mean, it's the same thing, isn't it? Well, I think in this respect, um, the European All Stars team are going to become minorities. <laughs> Look, no, but you I could imagine the but you could I, imagine I feel, the uproar. You could imagine the uproar if we had a European All Stars team. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Look, I think what we're seeing is cultural awareness taken to the next level, and we're seeing opportunity here 
for New Zealand to host what has been a phenomenal event. I mean, when did they have it last year? It was on the Gold Coast. Um, they're, they're fabulous events. It's a chance. I mean, you've got Australians who are Maori who, who are suddenly wanting to identify with their ethnicity. So they're not playing for New Zealand, but that doesn't mean they're not of New Zealand heritage. And this is what we're seeing with Latrell Mitchell. I think, what, didn't he, wasn't he brought up in Northland as a kid? I, you have to check me, double-check me on that. But <laughs> I hear your point, but I here's a chance to embrace his origin. So rather than state of origin, this is an indigenous origin game, and I'm, I'm all for it. Mm. Okay, look, it's a, it's a really good debate, and I'll, put, and I'll put it out there to people. But this is what we want. We want to challenge these things, uh, Dobber, and I think you're brilliant on it, and I think very, very good with your argument. 0800 off the back of this if you do want to have your say on that particular sporting matter. Right, so we've had um, our wonderful all-black coach, um, Ian Foster, <laughs> who has... He's a good friend of mine, I... I was mates with him well before, uh, uh, while, look, he, while I, he was before he played for Waikato. I'm not. So I'm not. I'm, uh, can I? Can I clarify this? I'm not going after Ian Foster, the father, the friend. I'm just going after Ian Foster, the All Black coach. But they've come out and they've basically said, "Look, we need to manage player workload. No All Black is allowed to play any more than five games consecutively, and then they must have a break here." We've got domestic mm. rugby already struggle, struggling. We've got super rugby. It's mm. not what it once was. Crowd numbers are dropping off. People want to see the best players play. Now, that is one issue. But the bigger issue here is the fact that the All Blacks and New Zealand rugby can dictate to the super franchises at a high performance level what they can do and what they can't do. I'm sorry. Can you present me some evidence on how this was successful for the All Blacks last year, how this was successful with the All Black team in 2019, and how this rest and rotation through Super Rugby has led Ian Foster to a 69% winning record, arguably the worst in All Black coaching history. Uh, the 1949 coach, when we lost six in a row, <laughs> uh, we had two... T- yeah, we do have a coach who has a 0% record, but we'll talk about that later. Um <laughs> Uh, let me see. Eddie Jones, what was he, 58%? For Fozzie's better than that. And Eddie's got the top job in Australia. And then you've got yeah, Dave but, but, Rennie, but, yeah, but, what, but, 37%. But, 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 but they, don't, they don't have the all-black legacy to protect. We do. We have an 80% winning yeah, record. Fozzie's two out of three. Two out of three like a bat out of hello bad, mate. Not in the modern era. Okay, well, show, but show me how rest and rotation is a proven success model. Well, okay. And that's a very good question. And we heard... At, Heard this Adam for item back in 2007 with with Graham Henry wanting the rest of rotation. He really brought it on with the media embraced it. And what happened in 07? We had our worst World Cup performance. We're out in the quarterfinals. Thousands of New Zealanders turning up for a semi as the All Blacks were departing from the airport. Uh, I was part of the TV3 team that had exclusive rights of 07. I will never ever forget seeing that. As about the Kiwis come in as the All Blacks leave, it was just uh, probably one of the most bizarre moments ever when you're there to witness it. And TV3 were wondering at the time, do we actually bother carrying on having our team there for the semis of the final with the All Blacks not there? They had to have meetings to save money because, you know, no All Blacks meant that they lost revenue. Mm. So the rest of the rotation 07 experiment was a disaster. So we're going to come back to common sense here. The players need to communicate to the coach, I need more game time, give me six or seven games in a row. Coach has got to communicate with the players saying, well, look, we need you to play because I, we need to make the quarters, the semis, and the final. Let's come up with a plan. Uh, okay, you need a rest, but I need you to play. Maybe you start from the bench, you come on with 30 minutes to go, or you start and you're off at half time. They've just got to work something out. 
because you can play five games in a row coming on in the 79th minute and it counts as five games and that's only a total of five minutes isn't it so rather than games we need to talk about minutes because minutes means a lot more than games yeah, and no, no, I think no. what they need yep. to do now is to have a sit down and the player's got a nagging in- injury and he's been playing for it weeks coach I need a break well, coach, yeah, but, but, I want to play more than five games in a row because I'm paying my best footy. Why stop me now? But, so there's got to be some common sense. Yeah, yeah but Dob, Dobbo, I think when you look around, our Super Rugby coaches are smart enough anyway. Without Ian Foster and New Zealand Rugby dictating to them, they know there are going to be some games that are going to be easier than others. They know that individuals will win games, but a squad will win a championship. They know sometimes it's in the best interest of a player to rest them without it being dictated to. But then you know, you've got you've got Leon McDonald. You've got these. Super rugby coaches are also looking at their own coaching. And, and let's be honest, yep. they are measured on their win-loss record. But if you're not in complete control of that, it's not exactly fair, is it? But also, where does the fan come into this discussion? Because that's what I haven't heard. I mean, we want to see the best players. I don't want to go along and pay my 30 bucks to watch a Blues development team or a Hurricanes development team. I want to see the best players. I'm trying to think of another league anywhere in the world that has this system in place. No, you're dead right. You're absolutely right. But if you've got to go further and ask the fan what's more important, um, the All Blacks winning the World Cup with a full-strength All Black team or a full-strength uh, Super Rugby squad. Yeah, yeah, but, and, and, and that's... But Dobbo, Dobbo, I would, buy, I, would, I would buy into the rhetoric if it was actually a proven model for success. It hasn't been. Yeah, but flogging the players playing 12, 14 games in a row where they're not going to be judged on... Um, super rugby success they're going to be judged at the end of the year so as I said it comes back to balance common sense communication and uh, as I say um, I agree with you being dictated to oh dear look I can't repeat 07 with this rest and rotation and they have tried and every World Cup cycle it happens doesn't Mm. it and it's the first thing I say to the coaches is that if you come last you're not going to lose your job. I think you need to protect the coaches here in some ways and then go out and manage the players best you can. Maybe they've got to start with the end result and work backwards. And hmm, the, the key thing is, and, and, and you've got to, and it's not just Fozzie, any coach, Watto, key positions. You want your number sevens. Your best number sevens have to be there. Your best number nines have to be there. Your best number tens have to be there. And probably your best tight head prop. So your tight head prop and your spine, seven, nine, ten, not so much fullback. Mm. Well, you don't want to lose those ones, do you? you no, know? no, that's, no. That's where the rest and rotation may apply a bit more for those than the rest. Yeah, and Dobbo, look, and I appreciate your personal relationship with Ian Foster. And it's, look, it's hard when you, you know somebody. It is very, very hard to you know, put you in a position that I'll probably just put you in. But I will say this, and I'm not expecting you to comment on this, but in my opinion, rest and rotation or players playing too much rugby is not as detrimental as Ian Foster remaining as all-black coach. I'd rather have Ian Foster go and our players play all the time. I still think we've got a better chance of winning the World Cup than with Ian Foster coaching. Which brings us to what is the NZRU going to do? Are they going to announce the successor now, or they're saying the next six weeks? Well, the fact fact is, though... I'll just throw this out to you, and then you go for it, mate. No, go for it, sorry. And, And this is a bob each way. Um, they say to, to Razor Robertson, we're going to appoint you in six weeks' time, declare that you are the next coach for, uh, for the cycle going after this World Cup to the 2027 yep. World Cup, right? And Fozzie wins, 
and wants to stay on, they have egg on their face. But on the flip side, if they appoint him in the next six weeks or before you know, the next uh, Test International to give them a heads up, and Fozzie loses the World Cup, then they're bloody geniuses. So it's, it's still a risk, whatever your way, whatever way you do it. You know? And let's face it, Fozzie and Razor uh, aren't going to work together in the future. So it's a conundrum. If they don't do something soon, they could lose Razor, and then after the World Cup, it could be the worst thing losing Razor. Or if Fozzie wins and he wants to carry on and Razor's been appointed, then what do they do? So mm. damned if you do, damned if you don't. But, but and, and that's where I throw it to you, mate, um, I think the majority will be wanting Razor to be appointed irrespective of whether Ian's successful or not. Well, I think the bigger issue here is just how Mickey Mouse and how poorly run New Zealand rugby is at the moment and the complete lack of leadership. The fact that they want to make an appointment and it's not likely to be Ian Foster says they don't actually have faith in this guy, so why have you still got him as coach when they had an opportunity to get rid of him last year? For Ian Foster, his motivation for winning the World Cup, whether he's got the job or not, is that he doesn't want to go down in history as one of the worst all-black coaches. He doesn't want to be that guy that people talk about, you know, when they talk about the worst all-black coaches in history. And so there's still plenty of incentive whether he's got the job to make sure he does get the job done. And if he wins the World Cup, well, then people might endear themselves to him. I'm still not sure there'll be a lot of people convinced that he's the right guy going forward. I still think sport is about evolution. It's about continuing to evolve. It's about changing it up. And sometimes you go, well, look, you know, Ian Foster's been part of this all-black setup since 2011. Yes, he's won a World Cup, but really isn't it time now if we want to defend this and move forward to bring some fresh thinking to get the jump on the rest of the world? And so there's a whole lot of ways we can look at it. But I think the bigger issue here, Dobbo, is just how poorly New Zealand rugby have managed and handled this whole thing. And you can't blame Ian for that. No, you can't. No, you can't. And like I say, I've got nothing against Ian Foster, the person. I don't really know him. But this whole thing, you know, he's just, he, he, yeah, he's, he's, yeah, he's, it's a very, very difficult situation for him. And look, you know, we forget at times these guys are humans, aren't they? And they do have feelings and they do have an emotions. And um, yeah, he probably knows the writing's on the wall. He's going to have to deal with that. And hopefully, hopefully he um, is big enough and man enough to throw 100% into this and go on and win the World Cup and at least be able to stand back and shove it up them. <laughs> well, that remains to be seen. He's not that sort of guy. I'm telling you now, if he does win, um, he's a very humble man, and he won't, he won't, he won't give them the one finger to him. He won't do that. No, no. Uh, he, look, he, but look, he comes across well. I think, I think it's got to the point where it's starting to become untenable for the New Zealand Rugby Union. So the fact that they're going to mount and make an announcement, we think, in well, six weeks well, or certainly before yeah, the first international, is, is curiosity is killing the cat here. Yeah, well, look, in my opinion, if we lose the Rugby World Cup, we can go after Ian Foster all we want. But I think Mark Robinson should also stand down. I think the board should also stand down from not having made a move earlier to actually replace him. Why should he be the only one to fall on the sword? Why should Ian Foster be the only scapegoat in all of this? Yeah, we've, we can't forget also that I'll put my head out on my on the chopping block and saying this is probably the most intriguing time in the history of rugby union. Italy almost beat France today. Oh, they're a good side, Italy. They beat Australia last year. They're playing a very different style of rugby. They've beaten Australia. They've beaten Wales. And you look at that other side of the draw as Australia, England, Wales. 
Flip, it's one of the, the I'll tell you, they've got the World Cup draw horribly wrong. We've got one side loaded and the other side, Australia could cakewalk itself to the final here. Oh, of course they could. get to the semi. Of course they could. And so we're going to see a very lopsided World Cup. Uh, first game against the French, the ABs against the French, and whoever wins that is, you know, going to get to the preferential quarter final. And then we've got who have we got in the? Okay, I haven't even looked at Portugal. We're looking at teams we're going to flog by a hundred points. Mm. So the next after that first game, the next month of rugby is going to be cricket scores. Mm. Until we get to the quarterfinal, yeah, which is hardly the tune-up that you need for either South Africa yeah. or Ireland, depending on whether we beat France. But to win this World Cup, Dobbo, we've got to win three big games in 15 days, yet the All Blacks are telling us our yep. boys can't play five games of Super Rugby back-to-back with a week apart. I'm not sure how we're going to win three in 15 days. Yeah, it is a mindset, isn't oh, it? Oh, it's um, terrible, Dobbo. Hey, and Dobbo. We've got a, and we've got, a shortened, we've got a shortened rugby championship as well, haven't we? So... Here's one thing the All Blacks have never done. We've never won the Rugby Championship and the World Cup in the same year. No, I know. The media doesn't talk about that. There's a few things that the All Blacks haven't achieved. That's one. Mm. Never won both the World Cup and the Rugby Championship. And we run the Rugby Championship 75% of the time. Mm. Because we're we're resting and rotating. Oh my Dobbo, gosh. Dobbo, oh, lovely. Dobbo. will never change over the years, will it? <laughs> no, hey, Dobbo, oh, look, thoroughly engaging radio. Really appreciate you coming on, mate, and you put some really, really good arguments and some discussion forward. So thank you. We've got to support the players. And I'll leave you with this thought, right? If the All Blacks hadn't won that second test in South Africa, I think it's fair to say both Fozzie and Captain Kane probably wouldn't be the squad. But it's the cup that no one talks about, the Freedom Cup. You never, ever hear them talk about the Freedom Cup. The Freedom Cup is what gave Ian Foster freedom and Sam Kane freedom, and it's harder to win than the Bledisloe. Mm. Mind you, mind so you. A younger I'll just gener- leave you with that, mate. Yeah, and I'll just leave you with this. A younger generation don't even know what the Ranfurly Shield is. That's just how much neglect in New Zealand rugby have given the NPC as well. So we might just throw that one in the mix as well, Dobbo. Well, there's a generation who don't know who Jane Alomu is now. That's starting <laughs> another debate. Yeah. Hey, Dobbo. Hey, always good talking to you, Waro, yeah. mate. It's going to be exciting here. We've got a Cricket World Cup. We've got a Netball World Cup. We've got a Rugby World Cup. We're going to host the Women's World Cup. It is the year of World Cups. Let's celebrate the glory of sport. Thank you, Dobbo. Lovely to have you on the programme. There you go. Interesting debate, interesting discussion. You can-